Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Going down the mountain, gonna have myself a time. Family faces everywhere. Number four's without temptation. Going down the mountain, gonna leave my woes behind. Ever fucking day or night, people howling out in heaven. Going up the mountain, gonna see if I can't unwind. Welcome back to Malatown Vacation, number two. And uh, I'm introducing uh, to you guys another one of my great good friends uh, from the Get My Go universe. Um, let's uh, welcome in Adam Hughes, a.k.a. Hughesy. Welcome to Malatown. Thank you for having me. Uh, I love the intro song. I love the Australian accent. And I hate New Zealand. Perfect. And I hate England, and we're currently smashing them in the ashes. Does that make you happy? Or yeah, I don't know what the ashes are, but <laughs> I'm buying a shirt tomorrow. Yay, the ashes! <laughs> Very good. Uh, well, yeah. So for everyone uh, out there, for the members of the Malam Militia that don't know, I've got to know Husey uh, a little bit through the podcast world and and get my go. Um, but something I've uh, and I've plugged the shit out of Get My Go. Everyone knows about Get My Go. My listeners here, Husey, and we'll talk about Get My Go later. But I've sort of got to know you a little bit. And I know you're a big wrestling fan, but I've never talked sports with you. And I always go back in time with my guests. And I like to get an intro to sports as a kid. That You know, what what sports were you a fan of a kid, as a kid and uh, and some of your favourite teams and that? Uh, well, I was a huge uh, Premier League uh, fan back as a kid. Uh, I used to be a Man United supporter, and I really had like the golden glory days of uh, of the English Premiership, uh, like guys like Cantona, Ryan Giggs. Uh, I've just drawn a blank, uh, but but the the thing I was a huge obsessive fan of soccer and uh, Man United up until about two thousand and one. Uh, I remember being in a bar in town and there was well, that kind of spoils the ending of the story. But th- that weekend, there was a big, I think it may have been the FA Cup final. And it was Liverpool against Man United. And there was these two guys up at the bar buying a drink. were talking about it and started to argue. Uh, and a fight broke out. And one of the guys got so badly beat up that an ambulance was called and they had to operate on him on the floor of the bar. And the other guy get obviously dragged away and arrested. And I just thought, you guys could have fucking, uh, he could have killed him over an English team. 
Like, why do you give a fuck? So after that day, I just sort of thought, like, I'll watch football and obviously the World Cup. Uh, I always love watching, especially when England lose. It makes me come. But uh, after that, I, have, I haven't supported a team since 2001. Well, that's, that is a crazy story. And that uh, takes me, what's the name of that film uh, about, like, the, you know, how they get together and that they, you know, go in for a fight, basically. I can't remember the name of that film. but um, Oh, Football Factory. That's it. Yes, that's the one. Yeah. I, knew, I knew you'd know it because you're a movie buff. Uh, that shit's legit. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Buff. Uh, uh, yeah. That, that, that film is, it, it's, it's, that 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 film much like Entourage, like you can tell what type of mental maturity you have based on your opinion of those films. Because when I was a dumb cunt, I used to watch Entourage and Football Factory and thought, "This is so cool. These guys are class. I'd love to go out hanging around with these guys." And now when I watch it, I think this is gayer than Freddie Mercury's AIDS. I get what you mean. I thought there's anything wrong with that. No, no, definitely not. And uh, I'm, I'm glad you got that in on Malatown too. I would, I would have been upset <laughs> if we didn't get a Freddie and Mercury AIDS drop into Malatown. Um, but uh, no, I, I agree with your perspective. Uh, it certainly changes as you mature. Uh, it's. I know you love to bury uh, Entourage. You're not a fan of Entourage, are you? I think it's uh, it's going to go down as one of the worst TV shows ever. Uh, the the thing that uh, it's just I remember watching season one and at the time I just started well I guess you could call it film school and uh, I, I was obsessed with everything media wise like I used to go to the cinema to watch everything that came out every week and it was just such a pretentious cunt would watch somebody be like hmm I see how they've uh, set up the visual scenes in this film called Big Mama's House three like mama like son and yeah i would and you just all that sort of stuff and with entourage you just think oh imagine doing that stuff and these guys and the cool music and then you realize no it's just four ugly actors who happen to know mark Wahlberg in real life and it's not funny and they're all dicks and all it was was a series of people making phone calls while doing other activities to make it look like like do you remember the the, the season where I think it was Ari was trying to buy a script from these young writers. And every time they called him, they were either driving Formula One cars or they were the shooting range. Yeah. And it's like, that's where you're holding a business meeting. You're some up and coming writer while you're firing a fucking machine gun in the background. <laughs> like this show is gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not at all. Um, but you got a bit uh, Johnny drama jacket off in the, uh, in the trailer. It was pretty funny. It was pretty funny scene. Uh, I, I don't remember that, but I, I just, the fact, I don't like Kevin Dillon's stupid <laughs> face. He, he always looks like he can smell something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good analysis, like, actually. <laughs> and, and it's just, uh, I hated um, Vincent Chase. I didn't like that little, the, the manager guy. Oh, yeah. I, the, the yeah. Other, I, what used to make me cringe like fuck was all the insider comments of when they would be like the actors were like oh we've got to do this script with kevin smith that we've got to blah 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 but then in real life those actors had no fucking film career <laughs> and then like like turtle or whatever that yeah turtle fucking went from play, playing a wigger on some shit show 
to having a one line extra role in fucking uh, battleships. Yeah, right. So, <clears throat> excuse me. And, right. and another, uh, uh, what, <laughs> I also think that they have this problem in it's happened a lot in The Sopranos where the actors, the male actors are ugly as fuck and the women are incredible. And it's like, you know, this is fake. Because, like, do you remember when the, uh, Tony's son, or whatever the fuck his name was, got that Hispanic woman? Yeah. It's like, no. <laughs> why don't you just set season six in space? Like, you know, well, why I, doesn't, I agree with why that. Why doesn't AJ have four dicks? Like, this is, doesn't make any sense. He could never get her. He's a wee shithead. No, and I agree with Mike Durbin about uh, what's the name? Sloan in, in Entourage. Uh, being one of the most fucking stunning women to ever exist. How does that redhead, that fucking ginger ranger cunt, how does he draw her? You know, it doesn't. Yeah, Andy got her to have a three way. Yes, that as well. Bullshit. What, what, what how, so how, we, how could two women look at him and think, let's take turns sucking his dick? Like he's <laughs> a short ginger midget, probably has half of an inch cock. Uh, his balls are probably. Uh, covered in uh, orange aid or whatever it's called out there. I hate it on the rise. It's shit. Um, the fact that I remember when the film came out, uh, I went to see it in the cinema, even despite the fact that I hated the previous seven seasons of that show. And I didn't like the look of the film. I thought it was going to be shit. And I sat there and watched it. And at the end, I was like, why the fuck did I go see that? That was even worse. All right, like, so you don't like Entourage. Spoiler alert, Vincent Chase's first film is the greatest film ever made. <laughs> All right, so you don't like Entourage. We've established that. That's um, okay. So, yes. so Man United, yeah. Yes, <laughs> that, that's, that's where we left <laughs> off. That's right. So Man United, but you saw someone uh, nearly get beaten to death and you gave up on sports uh, was basically the gist I got of that. Yeah, I just thought that that was such a silly uh, thing and – and also the, the way uh, people from here would be so passionate about like the, the Italy League, which I can't remember the, the name of it. Serie A? Yes, yes. Uh, they would get so passionate about that, and uh, but they wouldn't have any idea about the, the matches that are actually happening here. <laughs> I, I just thought that as much, I think that the, the problem with sports, much like video games and stuff is when, the fun goes out of it and people get too passionate about something that doesn't actually matter. Um, but there's also, I mean, I'm still a huge uh, boxing fan, especially the heavyweight division. Because again, uh, we uh, talking about the, the golden age of uh, or soccer, as they, they call it. In the, or what is it? Is it football or soccer over there in uh, your, your land? Soccer. Yeah. Soccer. Yeah. Well, with soccer, uh, we had all the glory years. Uh, and then, um, <clears throat> but with with boxing, we had like Eubanks, Mike Tyson, Frank Bruno, mm. Lennox Lewis, etc. Like Vander Holyfield. So you're getting all these classic fights seemingly every three weeks, and it's just like I'm sold. Yeah, no, that was great. that was a great time, especially when Mike Tyson was going nuts, and then um, the emergence of Lennox Lewis and all that. One thing, one sport that I did want to ask you about, because it is something I am familiar with, uh, with Ireland. Uh, you've mentioned you've been to concerts at Croke Park, and mm. I'm aware of Croke Park because of, uh, I don't know if you ever remember the international rules that uh, Ireland would play Australia in like a hybrid form of the two, 
the two games of football. I don't know if you're aware of that, but um, did you ever follow Gaelic football? And by the way, I just find that great that it's very fitting for you, Gaelic. Uh, that certainly seems like something you'd be into. You know, the Freddie Mercury was gay. <laughs> he was he. He died of AIDS. Wow. Nobody dies of AIDS. Well, I don't think they. They, they die of uh, they die of whatever disease they get because their immune system failed. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to correct you on that. You always say people die of AIDS. Nobody's ever died of AIDS. Do you ever think that uh, before Freddie Mercury got a doctor's cons- consultation, that they ever thought? Holy shit, I cannot kick this cold. <laughs> and his friends they're like, Well, when did you get the cold? It's like 1986. So like, ooh. Yes. Like, well, don't touch my water and go see that doctor, you know. Yes. <laughs> no, um, but with Gaelic, I always thought it, it's just <laughs> to me, Gaelic was invented by people who were shit at football or soccer. Because they, they just yeah. says, like, well, what about a game of Soccer, where you can actually pick the ball up and yeah. run with it. That's, that's great. <laughs> All right, you've you know, just you've just got the best laugh you could out of me so far. So let's move on to comedy because you are a funny guy. Um, ah. Occasionally, occasionally you're funny. Generally, mostly you bomb, but occasionally you're <laughs> funny. Um, what was it for you? Because obviously you you grew up loving comedy. I'm going to assume that who were some of your influences uh, growing up that, um, that sort of guided your comic direction. Well, I always, uh, well, I grew up in a funny family allegedly and that everybody was kind of like waiting on the ball, but, uh, I loved wacky shit. Like have you ever heard of Reeves and Mortimer? You can't say that. I have no, unfortunately. They, I could have just lied though. <laughs> yeah. They, they will, I'll make names up then. Uh, <laughs> Post-it note and CD case were a hilarious duo. Do you know them? They were great. In the 80s? Yeah. In the 80s? Uh, 90s. Oh, I nice. want to do research. Yeah. No, but, and then all, just all look like, because I don't find anything modern funny, uh, apart from cancel culture. I just think that, the, like, I think stand-up comedy is in the absolute shitter. It's awful there's nothing nobody's funny even even the the big names like fucking that's why i like podcasting so much because i like the back and forth uh, and the natural humor i don't like staged what's the difference between an oral and a rectal thermometer (laughs) the taste no james corden you're not funny and i hope you share the water with freddie mercury three I also do love to talk about broadcasting here because obviously uh, in the Mallow Militia, we're fans of Ben Mallow, who's been broadcasting for 20 plus years. And um, I know you're a huge Opie and Anthony fan, which uh, we're, we're going to discuss very, very shortly. But uh, was there anyone else other than Opie and Anthony, um, you know, that, that sort of got you into loving? Because obviously podcasting, it's sort of come from that style of radio back in the day. Right. So yeah, so sort of who who were the people that you discovered back in the day that really drew you in? Well, Hardstone was one, but the, the, the problem with Hardstone is as you learn more, you realize that it's as fake as pro wrestling and that you hear the stories about him that he was basically a, a big woman and so soft and weak and how he would try to censor people who said anything bad about him. It's, not not putting any elbows, but uh, and that shit ruined it. And it also, and then when you hear the stuff about how 
Jackie Martin and that other fucking guy would, would literally be writing Stern's yeah. one-liners for him. And then yeah. it's like, so he would ask the guest a question, then he'd be reading this like instant chat of of the the all these one-liners being written, and you just thought this show stinks. Um when Artie Lang, who he was brilliant for years, but once his substance abuse problems really got a hold of him, he became pretty dull on the air. And I mean, he left. That's the thing about the Hard Stern show. It's incredible how it went from being gold to one of the worst radio shows ever in a four month period. And it, it's really quite shocking when you listen back to like the massive rapid decline. But on the other hand, you get Opie and Anthony and there's a good chance that like Anthony Cormier may be uh, the, the wittiest person, the quickest wit of anyone ever. Like yeah. he would, because of his impression style and all that shit, he could literally put on like a variety show at the drop of a cap. Like he's fucking yeah. uh, unbelievably funny. No, I love, <clears throat> I love Anthony Cumia, and I think for you and I, it's probably similar because I know you do, you do your impressions, and uh, it actually blew my mind. You know, I, I don't know why it blew my mind, but to hear an Irish guy do impressions, it was it was interesting to me. You know, when I first heard you do them. Uh, but that was the thing. When I first heard Anthony Cumia, I was like, oh, wow, this is this is taking all of it. It's taking impressions. It's taking the quick wit. Um, it's, it's rolling with the moment. I, I agree with you. There was a period of time there where Anthony Cumia might have been the funniest person on the planet just for, just yeah. for how quick he was. Uh, so when did you find Opie and Anthony? Like, I, I know for me, I didn't discover them until after they split up. But um did you did you hear them before they went to Sirius or to XM or or did you catch them after they went to XM? Uh, they'd already started on XM, but there's a video of. Uh, have you ever seen a film called The Village? Nope, I've it's not seen a, many movies. To be totally honest, so, yeah, it's a M Night Shyamalan film, and he and his films always split everybody down the middle because it's always like a a big twist and. Some people love them. Some people hate them, all this stuff. Uh, I, while I haven't seen it in like 15 years, I loved Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I enjoyed the film at the time, but then there was a video up saying called Anthony Cumia Hates the Village. And then it was him and Jim Norton going on like a 40 minute rant about how much they hated this film. And it was fucking hilarious. And, and then I thought, I thought, 
these guys are great. And then what was Hard Stern doing today? I remember that day Hard Stern literally spoke about for three hours, and that's not an exaggeration, about what he would do if he was a judge on American Idol. Oh, right? It was boring as fuck. And it's like, well, I'm not going to listen to that. I'm going to find this new show that's way funnier the, the atmosphere, it's basically, Opie and Anthony reminded me of being in the pub without the drinking uh, in most cases. But the thing about ONA that stands out, and it, it is funny that what, what Opie, uh, here's the problem that Opie has, is that he was on a funny show. But being on a funny show doesn't mean that you are funny. Yeah. Like, uh, for, like, and it happens on a shit ton of podcasts. Like, look at uh, well, if you want to talk pro wrestling, Bruce Pritchard got a reputation as being funny. Yep. So everyone's listening to something to wrestle with. So Conrad Thompson thinks, "Oh, great, we're funny." <laughs> yeah, and it's like, no, you're not funny at all. You're actually really irritating, and nobody gives a fuck, and you talk too much. You fat. Oh, I hate it, Conrad. But this happens on all podcasts. Where it gets a rap as like, do you watch the, the YouTube show um, Red Letter Media? No. Well, they they do they did those famous Star Wars uh, reviews of the prequels, and uh, the the main guy, uh, whatever the fuck his name is, is known as being very funny. So the other guy has let it go into his head, and it's just it's horrific to watch. And this happens on all podcasts. There's always an opie. There is always an OP. Uh, I, I agree with you. Um, there's an OP on Dork Side of the Ring, I, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that actually uh, started Dork Side because when CM Punk came in, I remember it was Durband or Joe put out a podcast talking about how great it was. And I just remember thinking, I listened to that and I thought, I'm on a different planet. The, the, the thing I seen I thought was really corny and overly dramatic like crying about pro wrestling that fan that infuriated me it's like that that is unacceptable behavior like pro wrestling is basically an adam sandler film where you watch it maybe if you're a bit drunk maybe if you're a bit high you're not supposed to take it seriously you're supposed to be like oh this is the hero that's the bad guy i want the hero to beat the bad guy show's over let's move on what I don't like is Paco. God, oh my God! I hope Happy Gilmore wins this tournament. If he doesn't win this tournament, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to pause the film and get a Happy Gilmore fucking tattoo. It's not okay. It's fucking fake. So that's how Dorkside uh, started. Because I was going to do an episode about that, but then I didn't want to do a wrestling debate on my show. The glorious it's Susie Hello available on all platforms. So we it was supposed to be Rad Robs, but what I what I didn't actually know was that he had actually set up a dork side of the ring podcast. I thought it was going to be just an episode of his show. I didn't know it was going to be a new show. <laughs> and uh so <laughs> so we're we're supposedly recording the final episode on Sunday, which was going to be called Cody Rhodes's Yuletide is gay. Well, we're going to change the title in case anyone has a problem with it because there is no problem with it. There's nothing wrong with it if you are gay. There isn't anything wrong with it. Um, we one of my co-hosts is gay, so it's it's fun. Uh, we're allowed Run. to yeah, we're allowed to talk about it. 
Uh, and he's not going to listen to this, so that he's not even going to get upset about that. So that's all good. Uh, let's get back to uh, Opie and Anthony. I did throw us off track there uh, by trying to take a dig at uh, your little side project. Um, but, yeah, you did say, you were saying that uh, there is always an Opie um, that, yeah, just thinks they're funny because they're along for the ride. Um, I know I, I listened to your episode with uh, Chad where Chad is very defensive of Opie and and I get it. You know, at the end of the day, it was Opie that had a show that brought Anthony on board and all that. And and Opie, you know, Anthony doesn't like confrontation. So Opie did have to always do all the dealing and, and all that. So I do get Chad's defense of him, but geez, man, the amount of times where they're in the the guys are riffing and it's going great. Bill Burr's in, Jim Norton, Anthony Cumia, they're all just slinging back and forth. And it's like, let's get the stock of Patty's uh, vagina looked at. Yeah. Dr. Steve can look at her vagina. Like, you just killed the room. Yeah, it, it's unbelievable. Like, uh, that's that's the thing that's so fascinating about ONA is that some of the funniest debates ever, some of the funniest bits ever were cut because OP would be like, Let's go to the phones. <laughs> and you go, what are you talking about? He hasn't finished the story. <laughs> like, oh, we got a sponsorship here. Who's in the hall? And uh, but that that always happens. Like it happens on. Don't know if you listen to Adam Carolla show. Uh, there's a guy there on the show called Paul Bryan, who has let the show success go to his head, and it always happens. And that's why. Uh, there will always be an OP, and I think that it's a it's a pandemic worse than what took Freddie Mercury down. Four is that four? That's four. I'm not I'm not um, that much into editing where I'll put a ding after each one, but <laughs> uh, I possibly would uh, in the future. Should we go into um, Should we go into our top five O and A bits? Oh yes. Should we we move into that? Um, I don't know. Do you want to go first? You want me to go first? Uh, You're the expert. Well, at number five, I've got to go with, uh, ironically, when they were talking about uh, Grand Theft Auto 5, did you know about how Grand Theft Auto caused the rift between Opie and Anthony? I did not. Well, I got a tease to this recently, but I don't know the full story. So please, please do. Well, in, in real life, Anthony Cumia, as we mentioned, uh, he used to be a singer and he's this unbelievable impressionist. So he got a, a side job with a camp is it is a rock star games? Mm, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. As a voice actor, and he's in Red Dead Redemption and he's in the Grand Theft Auto games. And I think it was for GTA 4 and 5. Anthony was able to get a bunch of the ONA guys uh, acting roles, but what what causes the rift is that Opie got like a three a three word line while Anthony Kumi is a character, and apparently Opie was furious because he's like, "I discovered you. Where would you be without me?" While Anthony's actually getting like credited, and uh, he's kept becoming more famous because he's in in the game. Yeah. And what's great about uh, the the this bit on Opie and Anthony is Jim Norton. Uh, he's one of these guys that he's not a gamer, but he's interested in games. And GTA Five, particularly, it's quite an advanced game. <clears throat> so Norton's playing it for the first time on the air, and it's just how he comes. He immediately loves the open worldness of it. 
but he starts to uh, have these most bizarre swearings as it's as he's playing. Like he shouts out, "Oh cock!" Yes. <laughs> Very good for me. I'm trying to think of how to order mine because I'm going to go number five. Wrestling connection. Um, I loved. I loved when Patrice O'Neill uh, was in. And I just, there was nothing more enjoyable than listening to Patrice O'Neill watch the Shockmaster clip. Um, and had just over and over, and just his bellowing laughter, and just his, look at this motherfucker, man. You know, like it was, I, I, I just remember just cackling. every time Patrice laughs, I just laugh with him. Um, so many great Patrice moments, but that one's always stood out to me. Yeah, Patrice is one of those guys that, like we were mentioning earlier, where there's always an OP. Well, don't be an OP, be a uh, be a Patrice. He uh, he was so fucking funny, and he always had something worth saying. And he only spoke when it was going to add to the topic. And uh, I loved Patrice. And what a sad. You know what's really sad when you go back to listen to his final appearance. You can hear that he's off a step mm. uh, because usually he would be so quick with it and he just sounds tired and he's, and he's sort of like a misplacing words. And then I think it was later that day or the next day he had the stroke. He lost the ability to speak and then he died. Like that was, that was horrible. Yeah. That's, I mean, excuse me. Those episodes uh, post uh, Patrice, and even while it post stroke, to be honest, and then post death, you can just hear the pain, and and all these comedians, all these funny guys, you could just hear the pain in their voice uh, when when all of them spoke about, you know, how gutted they were about Patrice. They're like he was he was such an influence. They all they all loved uh, Patrice, and he just seemed to be like the king of the of the club scene of stand up comedy. You know, there's, there's a documentary by a comedian called Aaron Berg, and he it's called 25 Sets, and he did this record-breaking thing in New York where one day he performed 25 sets. And uh, there's a part in near the end where he's coming to do, a, do his bit so he can break this record, and Patrice O'Neill's there at the bar, and it just shows you how this guy's in a massive rush, and he's got to get here on time so he can do his routine get off stage, uh, jump in the cab with it, and he stops to run over and shake Patrice's hand, and they talk. And I yeah. think Patrice died soon after that. Big fat piece of shit. You know, you're not going to drop the N-word? Uh, only off, Mike, and all day tomorrow, because it's my birthday, and you're allowed to say what you want on your birthday. Absolutely. I, I, can, I can concur with that. All right, let's go to your number four. Uh, number four would be any time Anthony would speak about his uh, ex-wife. <laughs> uh, for, for those that don't know, Anthony Cumia was, uh, he's a wild man now, but he used to have a very restrained, restricted life. And he married this woman that he said that that night he actually cried because he knew he'd made such a mistake. Uh, little did Anthony know that he was about to leave his uh, what we call a building site job to then randomly get a job in radio as a sidekick to Opie 
to then go on to become his co-host, to then go on to become a multi-millionaire uh, every year while still with this woman. And I think something snapped in him while he was with her. And he just started to fuck every other woman possible, openly flirting with women on the air. He didn't give two shits about that bitch. And it's hilarious. And any story he has about her where he said that she started wanting to have threesomes with other women. And Anthony would tell his stories about how he would fake coming inside his wife. So she would go get in the shower. So that while she was in the shower, Anthony could quickly fuck the other woman. <laughs> Like it's just it's just brilliant, and yeah. uh, and the, the other thing is like it, it's it's kind of harsh, but his wife fell on really hard times. She became an alcoholic. She then ended up. I think she literally is homeless now. And mm-hmm. Anthony, uh, Anthony was getting people to send them photographs of her. She got a job selling hot dogs uh, from stands, and uh, Anthony was laughing his arse off on the air. Calling her a cunt and a her. Well, it, no. it's... <laughs> yeah. I mean, he had to pay her a lot of money over those years, didn't he? Um, he did. Yeah, he, he talked about it a lot on air. I, I think he didn't. He celebrate when he finally got to that last one. Um, I think that. I think that happened at some point. But uh, no, you, you, you're spot on. Uh, that Anthony never used the word cunt more than when he was talking about his ex-wife. Uh, that was where most of his cunts were dropped. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> cunt is such a great word. I love it. Uh, it, it, it really uh, works, and I, I can't stop saying it. I can't stop saying it. Ha uh-huh. Hilarious. I think it's, per- I've said it to people before. I think it's perfectly designed for the Australian accent. I don't, I don't think anyone says cunt better than Australian. It is, it is a great accent, but the thing I, I love it when it's said completely unnecessarily. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when it's like, uh, it's like, hey, have you seen where my jacket is? Well, why would I know where your jacket is, cunt? <laughs> where are we? <laughs> where are we? Um, or your four? It's my four. Uh, I, I was thinking about, yeah, once again, the order. I'm going to go with uh, Stalker Patty going on a date with Big A. Um, <laughs> Stalker Patty is the most insufferable cunt I've, yeah. I've ever come across. And uh, one of the the greatest moments, I celebrated. I celebrated with him and the crew <clears throat> at the very end when Big A went, oh, "Fuck you, bitch!" That was <laughs> that was one of the greatest moments ever. He did his best. He tried his best to be a to be a good date, and she was just a cunt. So when he gave her the "fuck you, bitch" at the end, uh, celebrations and laughter, uh, that, I thought that was a great moment. Yeah, uh, uh, the stalker party uh, quite recently was a guest on Opie's uh, podcast, and it, it's quite potentially, in all seriousness, the single worst ever podcast. It was, it was disturbing. It was so bad. Opie was so unprepared. The audio was, it was almost making nauseous because her echo was really crazy. Opie's side started echoing. There was wind. He was asking her dumb questions. He was trying to set her up for jokes, but she's fucking a spastic. So not there's anything wrong with that. So uh, it it was stalker party, and the, I she was one that I always thought I don't know why they kept bringing her in. Yeah, but uh, you know, 
I uh, I actually heard that uh, through because you got me onto who are these podcasts? Uh, WATP. Uh, yeah. Very. I'm I'm right into it now. I'm going back through the back catalog, and uh, yeah, he actually covered that on your recommendation. So I heard some of those clips, man, and that was that was brutal. Uh, I've I've had my own stalker patty moment as I spoke to you off air about with Marcel in Brooklyn. So um, yeah, listening back to Opie getting the feedback and she's going, I don't know what I'm gonna what I can do. Uh, yeah. yeah, pretty brutal, pretty brutal. All right, let's go to your number three. I, I just as a quick plug for anyone who likes Gap My Go that uh, I'm sure Dean has mentioned before. Uh, who are these podcasts? WATP. Basically, is the same show, but it picks a different topic each week instead of uh, the same fucking fat wanker. Uh, at number three, I'm going to have to go with this is kind of a cheat, but uh, when the Opie list shows that there was a time, uh, I don't know oh, if you ever heard yeah, this, yeah. the famous story where uh, Anthony uh, and Opie had fallen out in real life. Norton and Opie were never really that close. And uh, something had happened that Opie and Anthony really didn't get along the day before. So they're setting up to record and Opie uh, and Anthony sent a text about Opie saying the cunt won't even make eye contact with me. Little did he know he sent it to Opie instead of Jim. Yeah. And uh, Opie got it, just stormed out of the building. And little did he know that they would then go, that Opie and that Anthony and Jim would go on to record one of the greatest, most re-listenable episodes uh, in that show's history. And Opie had nothing to do with it, which I always, as we mentioned earlier, in any like team recording, there's always an Opie. And when they're not there, it's going to get better. And I think that Opie not being there was really the thing that sort of set ONA on the downhill spiral because if something's better without a regular person, was that what's the term we're looking for? Yeah, if something's better without someone who's always there, that means you don't need that person. And uh, that episode is fucking gold because I remember, I remember that Jim and Anthony spoke for nearly 45 minutes about the idea of having sex with a giant. Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> when those two went back and forth, it uh, it was a great. And yeah, look, I remember there was times where I just thought you could slot anybody into that OP role, and uh, yeah, and then <laughs> you wouldn't miss a beat. So I was doing my number three, wasn't I? Before we went yes. off on that tangent, uh, yes, I was trying to figure out which. One. Oh yeah, I'm going to go with uh, the eggnog. I think it was the second one. This I think it was the second one where they did the baby bird uh, at the oh. at the end. Uh, I I actually remember the part of the road that I was driving on, you know, the section of road that I was driving on that day while listening to that. Um, I felt like Bill Burr was the star of that day. Um, one thing I'm going to get onto with Anthony Cumia on probably my next one is um, is the descriptors and how how good Anthony is at describing uh, visuals. And Bill Burr had some great ones. I, 
one that stands out to me is he took a big Viking swig uh, um, when one of them uh, drank someone, one someone's vomit or, or whatever. Uh, there was a guy eating vomit, put Fruit Loops or something uh, in vomit and uh, in the in the eggnog vomit and ate the Fruit Loops. Like I was both dying laughing and dry retching at the same time. It was. It was incredible radio, the way they were able to describe everything that's going on and, like, really put you in the place. And then at the end, for the guy to vomit into another guy's mouth, I mean, you know, how do you, how do you beat that? <laughs> you know, tremendous. And the, the thing that was crazy is that they actually were doing that for audio only. Mm. And then you just think, like, why would somebody go to that effort for <laughs> audio? Like, you don't have to actually drink vomit. Yeah, but they're like, yeah, fuck it, let's do it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and I, I remember Bill Bird describing like the sound of the vomit hitting the plastic bag. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like these guys are brilliant that they can describe this shit. So, uh, yeah, the uh... there's there's a there's a great clip that just you just reminded me of where uh, Bob Kelly was rapping, <laughs> and that, what he didn't, uh, Jim Norton as. Many people know he was pretty heavy when he started. He lost a load of weight. So uh, Bob, uh, Norton was on this really crazy strict vegetarian diet, and it would cause him to fart so much that uh, he would, uh, you know, he, uh, but uh, there would be really silent gassers. And he uh, farted once so grossly around Bob Kelly that it made him vomit within seconds. That's right. And I'm looking for that clip right now, and I'll send it to you. Yeah. Yo, yo. Yo, turn it up in the booth, yo. Yo, yo. All right, listen. On this Sunday, that's about to come day. You know that my pats are playing the J E T X. Fuck you, you fucking pets. We're gonna come in and stomp your ass, just like we did on the grass in Foxborough. And we know that you're gonna have to borrow some money to pay your bills, cause you ain't gonna be in the fucking pill holding that thing, the trophy of life. Land is what we're gonna take on the show, and that's what we're gonna blow. We're gonna fucking make it so that you can't take it to the Super Bowl. Oh shit, how did that work? You didn't think I'd rhyme it, but it took me two seconds to get down the road, but I made it just in time it. Oh, I did it again! Oh shit, yeah, this Sunday the Pats are gonna fuck up the fucking Jets J-E-X-X-X-X, you dumb motherfucker, we know how to spell You don't need to yell when you come to hell, which is Foxborough This weekend, my boy Brady and his little bullfighter ass Is gonna throw 900 passes to Welka And fucking make it better, cause that doesn't rhyme with Welka but I'm an artist, and I know how to make it a mist. You don't know what that means? Look it up, motherfucker. I don't give a shit. Jimmy's on the computer looking at assholes, <laughs> and it's making me really want to puke. But this weekend, it's going to be another Super Bowl journey for my pats. And fucking Opie is going to be pat. 
petting his cat Cause you know he's got one In that apartment Oh yeah He's gonna be fucking sad He's gonna be lonely And Anthony I call him Tony Is gonna be happy Cause he hates the Jets now too Cause that rap ain't shit This one's the real deal I bring real it to deal. the house And I don't know how to fucking squeal Cause I'm Bob K And I'm on the mic And you know that's what <laughs> It's <laughs> a weird way to end a, a rap song. What happened? What happened? Oh, no. Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy. <laughs> That's fucking tremendous. <laughs> How brilliant is that? A fart so gross that it makes an adult man vomit. After the worst rap in recorded history. <laughs> <laughs> Ben, I interviewed Bob Kelly, by the way, and it was uh, a disaster. Oh, why was that one a disaster? I know you've had a few disasters. Why was this one a disaster? He, he was, uh, he hadn't had his breakfast yet, and he could just see it in his eyes. He was ready for a fight, <laughs> and he, he couldn't wait. Like, as soon as it started, he wanted it over with, and was like, here we go. <laughs> Where are we up to? <laughs> You're number two? Uh, number two, I'm going with the man cow uh, bashing. Uh, my car was like the hackiest of hack radio guys. Uh, like the, the exact type of thing that made ONA so great because his show was always so forced and trying so hard to make you laugh. While ONA was just more chilled and a relaxed atmosphere, particularly when they were going after uh, <laughs> Mankai had a sidekick called Turd. And it's just the way Anthony would say the name of turd, turd. Have you got your penis in her ass, turd? <laughs> and uh, it was that's there's a there's a five hour long collection of that on YouTube, which I've been slowly making my way through uh, over the past week. It is hilarious, and it's one of those ones where you just want to sit back and relax and uh, let the laughs come in. Nice. Very nice. I my number two. I'm going with uh, the when they watch the video of the dude with the the glass jar in his ass. Uh, and this is where I want to talk about Anthony Cumia's genius, his ability to describe that on commercial radio without getting dumped was incredible. Like, it's one of the most incredible things I've heard. I was losing it laughing. I was cringing at the thought of what was going on here. But, yeah, when he's like, just imagine he's in a catcher's position, you know, like just, <laughs> and he got all the way through it. I couldn't believe that he was able to pull that off, describing a guy breaking off a glass jar in his anus uh, on commercial radio was quite incredible. Yeah, that's that's why uh, a lot of early ONA holds up mm. because it, because it, it's the same tone. It's just the worded specifically. They're not cutting it up or making Freddie Mercury AIDS jokes. Exactly. What's your number one? They can uh, be the only one. Uh, Opie and Anthony reviewing the Mel Gibson tips. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Here's the thing about the Mel Gibson thing. It's like everybody loves Mel Gibson, but the fact is he's very likely a horrible person. He's threatening a woman. He's saying all kinds of stuff that you really shouldn't say. He admits to 
punching her in the face while she was holding the baby. Uh, and ONA turned it into some of the funniest shit uh, I've ever heard. Again, there's like a seven hour long collection of it uh, on the air. It, it is it is fucking gold. And Mel Gibson, it comes across so immature. And with his, despite the fact he's such a great writer, all his insults are the most childish, immature, lazy shit. And it just, that's one of the, I think that whole saga really sums up the glory of Opie and Anthony, that they can take something that's uh, so dark and changes your worldview on like, oh God, this is this guy from Lethal the Weapon. He's fucking beating women and he's admitting to it and, he, and he's the way he's talking to her. But they, they turned it into some of the funniest shit I'd ever heard. And I'll listen to it again. I've listened to that seven-hour-long collection uh, at least three times in 2021. Not, not all at once, but yeah, yeah, that's that's incredible. That was amazing. Uh, that I think that, to be honest, is one of the first things I did actually stumble across that that got me into to O and A. Um, so yeah, uh, that is incredible. Uh, my final one, which is probably. It, 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 this is definitely like a, a pretty basic and obvious one, but it sort of does lead us on to our next conversation. I'm going with just Jocktober in general. I know you mentioned the, the man cow burial, but, um, you know, Jocktober has spawned who are these podcasts and it's spawned Get My Go. That's, you know, that's the OG of, of the whole thing. Um, listening to those guys tear apart uh, terrible, hacky fucking radio shows is some of the funniest shit I've ever heard. Yeah, and that's the stuff. I don't know if uh, Durband uh, was ever a listener of that sort of shit, but I think that he should forget my go going forward. He should dump the let's tackle, let's go after wrestling mark shows and just randomly pick, like just go on iTunes, type in the word or the, the letter F and whatever podcast comes up first, you're right, we're going to fucking get you and just tear it apart. And I think that that stuff like Jocktober is specifically the kind of way to go forward with it. No, exactly. And and you getting me into who are these podcasts is uh is certainly made me think about it differently. Uh, I like the way that they go about it on on that show. Uh, you know, each each person listens to it separately, and and you come together with your, with your own clips and um. And all that, obviously, you know, we can we can plug your appearance a, a bit later on. But is it is am I right to believe? I, I believe this situation with when Get My Go began originally, it was your idea to do that, to do the listen along to Wangland. Yeah, I'd I'd been wanting to do one since uh, Wangland did an episode where he interviewed Dan Severn, and it was not an exaggeration. Where when I say Wangland repeated the same plugs over and over for 28 minutes. And I mean, he literally kept saying, You get these great shows, man, the Red Rob and the blah, blah, blah. And he kept saying it. And it wasn't like it was repeated audio. The, this human being while recording said the same shit. And it was like, I was like, I, and I thought, Am I high? <laughs> because he's actually do. And then not only was that, baffling he played what's the lady gaga song born this way oh yeah yeah which to be honest i like lady gaga but it's like 
what a strange segue. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. To uh, then goes into this dance seven interview, and he's reading like these fake emails. The the audio's terrible. You, you can literally hear like checkout sounds in the background. He's asking him uh, que- really unoriginal questions, and I thought we have to fucking do this, but I don't know how to do that. And see, the, the problem is I keep coming up with these big ideas for Mike Durban to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Durban, I've got this great idea. We'll rob a Las Vegas casino and we'll take use all that money to buy a studio. You you, you go rob uh, Vegas. I- I'll sit here. <laughs> and uh, so all, all my ideas for the show generally involve Durban doing hours and hours of work for free in his spare time and giving up a social life. And I don't think he's up for that, but, you know, which is understandable. Well, I wanted, I actually had an idea, which I was going to try and do it myself, but I was like, there's no way I can do it. Uh, but uh, Joe at one point said at a live show, a K100 live show, whatever, that there was actually a, a Get My Go chant. And and so I, I messaged Joe, I said, do you have audio of that? And because when I wanted to, when Get My Go came back, uh, as much as you shit on the CM Punk return, that pop was pretty fucking amazing in Chicago. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> that was fucking incredible. Uh, so my idea for the the start of season two of Get My Go would be have that Get My Go chant, hit the fucking Get My Go music, and then the CM Punk pop. Uh, I just, you know, I thought that would have been a great way to bring back season two, you know? And if you could, like, Photoshop Wangland's head somehow <laughs> onto, because, you, yeah, you've got that, Face replacement technology app, whatever it's called. Yeah, the, the yeah the reface or whatever they call it. Yeah, yeah, got that. That could uh, that would have been great. Mm. But you know, like yeah. you say, you, I have, you have a million dollar idea that uh, you've only got about twenty cents of uh, of abilities to put forward. But um, yeah. you haven't been involved with Get My Go as much as like so. You know, the first season. Uh, you know that first twenty-five episodes, you were you were balls deep in it. Uh, but as as it's gone on, you've uh, you, your appearances have become fewer and f- uh, more few and far between. Is there plans for you to get back on and get my go soon? I, I know everyone's dying for you to get back on there. They're probably sick well, of me at this point. Well, I, w- I was hoping that there was going to be a, a Christmas special recording. Uh, because I think I have to actually double check with my bosses, but I think I finished for the year today. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I may have minor things to do, but nothing that's really going to, you know, keep me locked in the office. So I've way, way more free time, I think. But the, the problem with Get My Go season two is that it's happened after the lockdown and it's recorded on a Saturday when I'm generally. Not that I'm like 24-7 at that a fucking rave, but like says, oh, we've got to go do DIY. I've got to go out do grocery shopping or we're going out to watch this or go to the cinema date night. I, I just don't have the, the free time and the, the schedule. And But with Get My Ghost season one, I had nothing but free time because it was working from home. It only took me like three hours a day to do work. So it's like, right, I can't go anywhere. I'll, I'll hope I hit Durban. I hit Wangland uh, and Durban. Durban's very lazy, so I think that that that's the problem. I get my go, but I have to also admit though that I think that the problem of get my go is that it, it needs to change the lineup more often because I remember randomly watching, not watching the full things, but 
six or seven episodes that I was in and I kept saying the same stuff. And I've noticed that that happens that if I'm on all the time, I'll say Freddie Mercury, I'll do the, the giant pupils thing. I'll, I'll talk about bottom rights. Not there's anything wrong with that over and over again. If I'm on all the time, it gets repetitive. Same with Joe being on all the time, it gets repetitive. Uh, no offense, but yourself, sometimes mm. it can be repetitive. Yeah. So that's why I think it's always best to uh, for Durban. It's almost, here's another job that I've got for him to do, to create like a league, like a Premier League, so that it, it, every week there's a different uh, lineup. Yeah, no, that's fair. And I, I agree with you. I I took a break uh, for the where Poz and Chad were on, and then the next one, sort of, no one put their hand up, so I so I put my hand up. Um, but I was like, no, I think everyone needs a break from me. You know, I think I've been on, I've been on a bit too much, bit too much lately. But one thing I will say is, I I feel like when you and I are on together, it, it is some of the best stuff that's been on Get My Go. Where I think our first one together, well, other than the Christmas one, of course, but. I think our first one together was the Corey Ryan one, which here's your opportunity to tell Mike to re-release it. Yeah, um, Durban, re-release that episode. I remember that because I was in a rare good mood at Christmas. I was, I'd just taken a glorious shit that day because it was, I remember you recorded it on the, on the 26th or the 27th. So I yeah, dropped. Yeah, I think it was, yeah. So I dropped all the, packed up meat and booze that I had in my stomach. I felt alive again. <laughs> and uh, I remember that being a really good episode. And uh, and plus, it was, I don't like that, Corey Ryan. So I just think that that episode should be re-released. Uh, I don't care who it offends. It's funny. It's a, it's a comedy roast. If you can't take it, then you're, a, then you're not a real man. It's a joke. But I do, but that's the thing about Get My Go is that I'm, for me, with Wangland, I don't even dislike him anymore. I just think no, he's just a dick. Like, it's not like I used to hate his guts. Like, I used to think, see if I see him, not that I would, but I used to think that if I bumped into him, there would have been trouble. But now I would just probably be like, hey, what's up? And walk yeah. off away from the gay bar. <laughs> you would never walk away from a gay bar. Um, True. Yes. No, I'm the same. I, I've i actually exchanged some emails with him uh, over the last couple of days. Um. Yeah. I'm. It, to me, it's just. It, it got to the point where it was just so amusing to me. Like he's when he completely fucks up the English language is quite hilarious sometimes. And and just him making up stories. Like he makes up. Like he doesn't mean them to be funny, but it's clearly made up stories that uh, just makes you laugh. Because like, how can you believe? How can you think anyone's going to believe this shit? Um, like particularly the him getting recognized, you know, <laughs> uh, for yeah. his YouTube channel. Like that is one of the greatest things I've ever heard. That's the, but that's been my issue with Wangland from day one. It's that there's nothing wrong with being ambitious. Like I'm sure when you started Mallertown, you had the hopes of, well, I hope one day this becomes big enough that it becomes an income source. And that's the same for everybody. Like, wow, what if I could get paid for doing this? This would be great. There's nothing wrong with that. To but to then say it's the number four podcast in the world, uh, it's like no, you, you can't say that. You're fucking lying. And uh, his uh, then his his refusal to 
Do you think that if he got rid of Chris Martin, that it would change everything? Or do you I, think it would stay a feud? Um, yeah, good point. Uh, Martin seems, yeah, Mike seems to be more happy to be friendly with Martin than Wangland, but I definitely believe Martin is the problem at this point. Uh, because how can you, like, you know, <laughs> I guess I'll bring up, yeah, something I messaged to you guys the other day, just rattling off the list of things from this guy. Uh, spinal stenosis and degenerative disc, disc disease, cancer, burst eardrum with uh, hearing loss, drug addiction, porn addiction. The other day he said he had epilepsy as a kid and he got over the epilepsy. Like, how <laughs> this guy is a gross human being. <laughs> like, it's gross. Yeah, and that's that's why I just think it makes Wangden look so dumb. And the fact that but I can understand that, like, everybody started a podcast as a hobby because it's just everybody needs, like, something else. But Wangden's been doing his one for nearly four years, and there's been zero growth. And if anything, it's it's devolved. Mm. Like, take that as a sign that it's not for you. And Wangden is, uh, he's a terrible podcaster. He's awful. He's atrocious. Like, and that, that's the only way around it. It's like, he can have his, uh, like, nobody's saying he can't, I mean, nobody's saying that he should be allowed to do it. If he wants to do a wrestling show, fine. But put it like this, if you went to a gym every week uh, for four years and there was no change, you would think, this isn't working for me. I'm going to have to either change stuff up or stop doing this. That's what, with, with Wangland's the guy who goes to the gym to maintain his uh, beer gut. Yeah. No, that's a that's a great analogy. You're right. He's and in all honesty, like you say, he's got worse. Like I think he was better three years ago than he is today. It, it's it's incredible. Um, but like I said to you earlier, I it's just, they just do the same stuff over and over now, and it's it's kind of flogging a dead horse. <laughs> it's hard to keep yeah. going back to him. So um, now, look, hopefully, hopefully, you can find some time to <clears throat> get back on to get my go. Again soon because I know everyone misses you. On well, on I would I would hope that uh, if maybe uh, what's that guy called the lazy boss again, Durband? Yes, yeah, I think that's uh, his name. Uh, lazy uh, fuck Durband was it? Yeah, yeah, lazy fuck can't just do one mild massive editing job that we told him at the spur of the moment. He is pathetic. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but. Uh, yeah, I just think that um, I forgot what we're talking about. I just said, hopefully, you can get back on to get my go soon. Oh yeah, no. If if he does a Christmas special over the next few days, which would mean a rapid turnaround for him, ton of work, I could do. It, but unless we do a New Year's Eve one, but yeah, I am. Uh, as of today, it seems to be more way more open schedule, unless I have to edit a fantastic new episode of Wrestling Former. I have priorities in life. You do. And, um, yeah, let's get on to that. Uh, thank you very much for, for coming along there, Husey. Um, you know, tried to tried to get you to, you know, announce that you're coming back on to get my go and get everyone excited, but uh, didn't quite get there in the end. But, you know, the, the challenge has been thrown down to Mike Durbin. But let's uh, let's get on to all your plugs, 
their man. Uh, you've uh, let tell everyone about uh, the great It's Husey Hillo. You've had some amazing guests across the years. Uh, let everyone know some of the people you've spoken to. Uh, yeah, it's Husey Hillo. It, it, there's a call, it's a interview based uh, radio. Uh, fucking hell. Uh, you see where I'm number one? Uh, it's an interview. Be- it's an interview based podcast that has all kinds of guests from different backgrounds. You've had people from the world of cinema. At uh, this time of year, if you happen to be a Christmas film fan, I interviewed the writer of Die Hard. I interviewed uh, the director of Christmas Vacation the previous year. Uh, I was supposed to interview Buzz from Home Alone this year, but he beat up his wife. Did you hear about that? <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> he beat her up and the uh, interview, shockingly, was cancelled. Uh, you, you can't get that one phone call from prison for him? or uh, not, not after you see what they've done to him. Uh, not there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> uh, he's the bottom right now. The uh, of course we mentioned Opie and Anthony. We've had such classics uh, members of that show, such as Anthony Cumi himself, Bob Kelly, uh, Rich Voss, uh, Jim Florentine's been on a bunch of times. It's uh, and and if you have to be a pro wrestling fan, you get your your Disco Inferno's, your Vince Russo's, your Eric Bischoff's, Bruce Pritchard. Uh, and one that I, I forgot about until someone pointed out today, I interviewed Sid. You forgot so, about that, did you? Yeah, I forgot all about that. You and, forgot uh, about that after jacking off about it for a week. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wank so much that, uh, yeah. you know, it all you, always keep, the you always keep the curtains closed, don't you? Uh, nope. No? Oh. No. I like, the, I like to flog that dead dolphin. <laughs> but we, yeah, so there's that. If you want to see the video version, you go to Husey Entertainment on YouTube. And if anyone is wants to hear pro wrestling being spoken about by the experts, go to Keeping It 100 Official on YouTube. That's the official YouTube channel for the infamous controversial podcast hosted by the great Conan and Disco Inferno. Uh, that's Sorry, I thought you were going to plug uh, Wrestling Informer. I thought that's... That's where you get yeah. the news. That's where you get the news from the experts, isn't it, Husey? Yeah, that, that's also there on uh, keeping it uh, one hundred official. Uh, I I'm looking forward to seeing what this feud is that he has with Durban because it, it honestly seems like he's just randomly picked Durban's name at random, yeah. and has decided to have a problem with it because uh, Billy usually DMs me a lot. Uh, about people that he's got a problem, uh, you know, YouTube comments he's got a problem with. He's never mentioned Durban, so I'm dying to know what this one's about. Mm, it's very interesting. I mean, maybe, you know, because Durban's so over, you know, so popular, he thought he could get some, he could get some cred off of, off of Durban. But uh, definitely go to uh, K100 official, or keep it a 100 official. Go to Wrestling Informer and uh, put the timestamps uh, in the comments there um, just to give Adam Hughes more work to be forced to block you uh, after that. You know, the thing about that that's, that's frustrating is it because Billy obviously doesn't know how YouTube works and those timestamps actually help. Like if you go back and look at Get My Go, a lot of the ones with the higher views have loads of timestamped comments yeah. because it like I don't know how, but it somehow doubles up a view because yeah. you're watching it, then you're skipping ahead, and it's all like it actually does help in the long run. But 
you know, I'm just uh, the guy recording this in the nude. <laughs> it's uh, it's interesting. I always, I'm always entertained uh, by the very beginning of Wrestling Informer. A lot of people put the timestamp of when Wrestling Informer starts. No, no, like for me, that's the timestamp of when it ends. Uh, listening to Billy complain about the trolls and then say how it doesn't bother him at all. And yeah. he spends 20 minutes on it, um, but it doesn't bother him at all. But he's got money, he's rich, um, and he's not a loser. He's had sex before, apparently, because um, he's got a kid. Uh, so, yeah, we're just virgins. Yeah. The, the one thing I do have to give Billy, a lot of people make fun of him for the Big Brother thing, but his season of Big Brother was was huge over here. Oh, he seems like the perfect guy for Big Brother. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Like getting all upset about everything and going way off the deep end. He would have been perfect on Big Brother. Yeah, no, he, he actually, he was like a, a famous show character, but I don't know. I just think he, he's, he's too quick to react to, to trolls. And I think, but in a weird way, that's the shit that helps. Like if, if someone's in your comment section spamming your shit, that all helps weirdly in the long run. It does. And the better you handle it, uh, the, the, the more subscribers you get. Um, if you handle it like a little bitch and complain about it all, then you're going to lose subscribers, uh, which that then affects Husey, and we don't want that. So uh, anything else you want to plug, Husey? Your Instagram, Twitter, Facebook? All that? Oh, yes. Thanks very much. Yeah, if uh, if anyone uh, happens to give a fuck, follow me on at the Husey on Instagram because for some reason on like YouTube and uh Twitter, I've been good. I've been pretty good at getting up decent enough numbers, not like hundreds of millions, but I've got a few thousands on YouTube and uh, Twitter. But for some reason, my Instagram, it's shite. Like, to be fair, I'm not really posting sexy, cheeky thirst trap photographs as much as I used to. But uh, Instagram, for some reason, is way, way easier to get interview uh, deals set up through than Twitter and shit like that. So if anyone wants to help uh, myself or Dean build up our uh, possible interviews down the line, go follow me at, at the Husey on Twitter. Uh, I meant to say Instagram <laughs> for fucking, fuck's sake. You fucking idiot. <laughs> uh, follow me on. Uh, so it's at the Husey everywhere, isn't it? at the Husey on Instagram, at the Husey on Twitter. Yeah. And if you try to send me a Facebook request, I will block you. Yeah. I, I'm the same, to be honest. Stay away from my Facebook. That's where I post pictures of my kid. Leave yeah. Um, well, thanks for joining me, Husey. Really, really appreciate it, mate. Um, no, I, I yeah. always uh, enjoy talking to you, mostly because we don't do it that often. So we keep it special. You're basically, you're the you're the spicy Indian food of my ears. It doesn't happen often, but when it does, it's uh, delicious until the morning after. Thank you very much. That that sums up perfectly. And this has been our first one-on-one conversation, and um, I think it's uh, it's 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 the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Uh, follow us. Uh, follow the podcast on Twitter at Malatown, uh, emails at MalatownMilitia at gmail.com. And on Twitter, I am at that sussy guy. Just imagine that Aussie guy and put an S, Husey, where? The S should be. You fucked it up. It's where the A should be. Oh. Uh. Merry Christmas, Mallertown. <laughs>